know that I'm a runner, and John Honeycutt's a runner, Aaron's a runner, um, some of you have been runners at other times in your life, and then there are those of you who continually tell us all how crazy we are for being runners. Um, but I think that last song, where it talks about God's goodness running after us, shows that that's a characteristic of God. And so um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but uh, this morning, as, uh, uh, as I've been working on this message, and uh, this, this came to me two weeks ago, Thanksgiving weekend. I was back home in my home church, and uh, Brother Charles, who he was a deacon whenever I was there and got called into the, to full-time ministry and went on to preach, and now he's, he's back at the home church he grew up in as well, and, and he was preaching, and, and he made uh, uh, just a quick reference to Ezekiel chapter 33, and in Ezekiel 33, it talks about, uh, about how people's blood will be on our hands if we are not sharing the gospel, and, and he just made a real quick reference, and, and as I went there, what struck me as much as anything was the title of that section, um, Ezekiel 33, probably 1 through 9, if it's, if it's in your Bible. Uh, I mean, I know those verses are in your Bible. But if your Bible has a heading, probably in there, that section likely says, The Watchman's Duty. And that, that title alone uh, just really, really struck me. Uh, the watchman's duty. And as you read through those, uh, those verses, it's talking really about uh, for the watchman hearing God's warning. And the watchman's duty is to share that warning of destruction. And uh, at that time, Israel was not doing what they were supposed to be doing. And there were a lot of issues. And, um, you know, and if you're a watchman, if you, if you, share the warning regardless of the people's response, uh, then you'll be spared. The, their blood will not be on your heads. And if you don't share the warning, um, you know, maybe if I heard a warning and I went and I took care of my family, but I didn't share it with the masses, and then destruction came, then the blood would be on my head. But again, it, it really, I really thought, you know, what, uh, what is a watchman? What, what are the watchman's duties? And as I've uh, just um, really looked through here, through Bible verses and, and commentaries and uh, looking at some other messages, I found out, you know, that the watchman wasn't just somebody who stood, stood out and watched over, um, but the watchman had many, many duties, and um, and in looking at that, I realized that we're all watchmen. If you got a bulletin, you'll notice that that's the title of my message. And uh, it's got two verses in the bulletin, but I've got several that I'm going to share. And if you're taking notes, 
I'll try to get, uh, I'll try to at least slow down enough for you to write it down, but I don't know if we'll have time to flip through all of it. Uh, But I will, if you'll start out with me in Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. We're going to look at just several different features of a watchman. Uh, A watchman in uh, agrarian uh, societies where everything was about farming. A watchman was in a tower out in the field. He was was away from the city and he was just looking out over the crops. And, uh, you know, if there were invaders that came in or animals or whatever... Then that was that was the watchman's duty. Other watchmen were on the city walls, and we'll look at some instances there. And on the city walls, they would look out, and they would also be able to look in. And then even in the Song of Solomon, it talks about the watchman, and kind of in the uh, in the form of like a policeman walking through the city, and. A policeman's job is to protect and serve, and that's what the policeman in this instance did. Um, was They were asked a question to help find uh, a lover. And so, many different duties. But Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day or night. There is no rest for you who remind the Lord. Do not give Him rest until He establishes and makes Jerusalem the praise on high. So one of the first attributes, if we're looking at ourselves as as watchmen, here, a watchman is somebody who is constantly, constantly, day and night, without rest, seeking God. Seeking God's provision, seeking God's care for the city. Uh, we're in a position right now without a pastor. And it's all of our job to be a watchman. To be somebody who is never giving up and seeking God. Here, let me read it again. I have appointed watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day or night. There is no rest for you who remind the Lord. Those of you who are just continually seeking after the Lord for God's guidance, for God's provision, for God's direction for our church. Uh, it's, it's whenever we start to let up in those times that Satan has an opportunity to come in. Verse 7 says, Do not give him rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem the praise of the earth. Now God's, God's never too busy for us. Uh, his timing is different than our timing. And, and I know if you're like me, sometimes, oh, well, I've, I've prayed about that once, or I've prayed about that twice, and now let me go ahead and rest. But for a time here, we're called to pray without ceasing for this one spe- specific direction for our pastor, uh, for our next pastor coming. Uh, Daniel urged you last week to pray for our search committee, hopefully you've been doing that. Here after, um, after the message, we will vote on our search committee. 
And then after we've elected a search committee, you should continually be in prayer for them as they're, that, that, Satan, that they will uh, stand up against Satan, that they will hear from God, and that, again, God already knows who our next pastor is going to be. But he also knows the timing it is. Um, I believe, I don't know how accurate Tommy was on this, but I believe Tommy said that the average pastoral search these days is taking um, around a year. And I may be, be misquoting him, but I think two years, sorry. Um, and, you know, we, as far as I know, it hasn't taken that long for this church in quite a while. But if that's, if that's God's timing, are we willing to be diligent enough to stand on the wall uh, or bow on our knee and seek God for that long, continually, and to pray for each other. Um, Ezekiel 33, 7. says, As for you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. Not only is a watchman supposed to continually be in prayer and seeking God's guidance and, and, and where is God taking us and what is God doing and not giving God rest. That, that's what Isaiah said. Don't, don't give God rest. He's, I mean, God doesn't sleep anyway. So if you're awake and able to pray, God's awake and able to listen to it. And we're not supposed to, you know, Isaiah was saying, don't, don't give up on it. And here in Ezekiel, God is now speaking, and whenever God speaks to us, and, and it may be in whatever direction, without a senior pastor especially to stand up one person behind the pulpit each week, it, it's our job to speak the words of God. It's our, our job to be speaking to the community. It's our job to be speaking to one another. God has called us not to be silent. He hasn't appointed one watchman. He's appointed watchmen, watchwomen. He's called us to go out and whatever we hear from God. But how do you hear from God? We don't hear from God unless we're seeking God. Um, A lot of people like Jeremiah... 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future and to prosper you. Uh, But I really like Jeremiah 29.13 and 14. Jeremiah 13 says, You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. You know, a watchman, um, you know, I was telling Daniel, I, I, don't, I don't know any Hebrew, I don't know any Greek, um, I do know pi, that's, I think that's Greek, and uh, that's a, it all becomes Greek at some point uh, in mathematics, I don't understand that, but um, that's about as far as it goes for me with Greek. But in, in Hebrew, there are four different words that mean watch or watchman. 
And they also mean seeker. A sentinel. Someone who is, uh, like I said about in Song of Solomon, someone who is almost like a policeman. Um, because they're amongst the people and they're serving. And here, Jeremiah tells us, you will seek me and find me when you search for me. If as a watchman, if we're willing to spend that time truly seeking God, then God will be found by us. It's, it's not, God's not playing hide and seek from us. Sometimes he, he just, we're reaching in the wrong direction. Um, in Acts, Paul is in the Acropolis and, and he's telling the people, um, he says, hey, you know, I, I've been walking around and I've seen all of your different dedications to all these different gods. And I even noticed that you have a statue to an unknown god. He says, let me tell you about that god. And, and basically, the translation uh, there, and I believe that's in Acts 17, and he says, you know, if you would just reach out for God. And when he says reach out, it, it literally means to, just to grope around. And Sometimes we're reaching in the wrong direction. So it's a continual seeking. But God will be found by you. If we're, you know, whenever there's a transition in a church, whenever there's a transition in our lives, sometimes we feel lost. Anyone ever felt, felt a little bit lost without a little bit of direction? That's right, Mark. I, I'm the same way. And, God, and we say, oh, man, where's God in this? Where's God? And, and, and we forget that God's called us to be watchmen. God's called us to stand on top of His Word to stand and, and seek and, God, where are you? You know, a watchman uh, could see people from far off. A watchman, a lot of times, was up on a tower, like I said. Sometimes they were down amongst other people. Many times they were up, and so they could see and they could, they could notice, or they could see an enemy, they could see uh, someone returning home. But they were continually continually looking um, an- another example of that in mark chapter 13 verse 32 through 37 i have to make sure that i put some new testament verses in here for daniel and dusty and here jesus is talking about the end times but he also uh, th- verse Mark thirteen thirty two through 37 Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the Father. Watch, be alert. For you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his slaves, gave each one his work, and commanded the door- doorkeeper to be alert. So that's twice we hear the word be the phrase be alert. Verse 35, therefore be alert since you don't know when the master of the house is coming whether in the evening or at the midnight or the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning otherwise he might come suddenly and find you sleeping. 
And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. That alertness, that, that's a key principle for a watchman. Uh, some of you at some point may have worked a security duty of some sort, whether it's in the military or uh, any other kind of position where you've been in security and you've been on watch. Or most of you have had yourself, family members who are on the verge of having a child. And they say, hey, you know, keep the phone by you. Sometimes we have to be alert. There's uh, the phone calls we don't want to get. But we know that they're eventually coming. And we're by our phone or we're by a bedside. And we're constantly alert. Those are the times when it's almost impossible to fall asleep. Either because of dread or because of excitement. And God says, be alert. Uh, you know, right here when he continually repeats himself. The, old, or the writers in the Bible, they didn't have, they weren't typing, they didn't put things in bold print, they didn't have a highlighter, they couldn't change the, the font color of what they're writing. So their highlighter, the way they highlighted, was to repeat themselves. Be alert. And this is straight from the mouth of Christ. Be alert. Be alert. You're a watchman. Be alert. I have a duty for you. Be alert. You don't know when the time is going to come. You don't know when I'm going to return. You don't know when I'm going to respond. Or when I'm going to come seeking you. Or when I'm going to ask you to step into a new duty. Be alert. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert And this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Are you staying alert in your prayerfulness for each other? Are we staying alert in our prayerfulness for ourselves? You know, that says for all the saints. A lot of times we see other churches and um, we have family members in, in other places who are in ministry or their church is going through something, our church is going through transition. And are we staying alert in our prayerfulness? Uh, I think it was uh, Kayla or Lisa a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that that shared something on Facebook, and I've heard it before, and maybe you've heard it, but said, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? We want to, we like to talk about things, or we don't like to listen very much, and a lot of times we forget that a big part of prayer is listening. Being alert, sometimes that's just sitting patiently and waiting for God to move. Waiting for God to speak to us. But are we alert? Colossians 4.2 Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. 
Some of us, uh, sometimes if a watchman is just standing and only bringing bad news, maybe that's just the situation. But sometimes it may just be the outlook of the watchman. Are we thankful for what God has? Daniel, his message last week, uh, talking about how we're sitting on the doorstep of what potentially be the greatest time in this church's history. And many people focus on the negative things, but are we staying alert in our prayerfulness? Are we being thankful for the opportunity that God's about to present to us? That's right here. An opportunity for each of us as members of the body of Christ to up our game, to step into a new role as where I've, maybe I've been hanging out in the background or I've been sitting on a pew or I've just been blending in. But now God says, hey, I, I want you. You know, something that um, may have been shared with some of the rest of you, uh, but, you know, the Millers aren't here this morning. That's a huge praise. Or Nathan is graduating from John 3.16 this morning. And so they went up there. But with the, with the vote for our search committee, Carolyn was sharing this with me and said that Alex, who's a seventh grade boy, who's got all kinds of things going on in, in his head, she said that he has just been so intent and, and questioning and, and just really deeply in prayer about who, who he would vote for on the search committee. He's been alert. He knows that even as a seventh grade boy, he's a member of the body of Christ, and he says, this is important. And he's been diligent, and he's been prayerful. And many of us may have not thought about it at all since it was mentioned last week or the week before. But here we have one of our young members who's been diligent in prayer. He's been a watchman. He's, he's, he's you know, Daniel mentioned last week to keep an eye out on who, who's been exemplifying the things that would, the characteristics of Christ that would show that they're in tune with hearing from God. And for Alex, he really wanted to break that down. He really wanted to see what, who is it? Who does God want in a, for our church to be greeting our potential next pastor? Um, in Nehemiah, you know, I, I'll admit, I don't know a whole lot about Nehemiah, but in studying, and you know, Nehemiah is really about building the wall, rebuilding the wall around <clears throat> and, uh, Jerusalem, and um, they were facing a lot of opposition, and in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah especially, the outsiders are really just dogging on, on Nehemiah and the builders, and you know, at one point, 
basically say, I don't know, if a, if a dog were to climb up on these walls, it would fall down. And just giving them such a hard time. And Nehemiah said, no, we're going to stay diligent. We're, we're going we're gonna to go and we're going to double our efforts. And he even brought in uh, some of, probably some of his own, um, own forces, his own kind of private guard, uh, who, people who respected him as kind of uh, an overseer. And he had half of them with their swords, half of them with a trowel working. And in verse Nehemiah 4.13, he said, So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall. So he stationed his watchmen at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. Watchmen that were selecting this, and if you go on and, and read a little bit farther there in chapter 4, uh, your Bible may even have a section that says the, the sword, the trowel, and the trumpet, where somebody who's ready to stand up and, and do battle against Satan is standing next to the people who are building the wall, the people who are internally doing the work, and then the trumpeter who is ready to send out a signal and say, hey, our small group here is being invaded and we need help. Basically what it comes down to is the watchmen weren't alone. They were watchmen together. And there was unity. And through their unity, while, while each member was building their specific area of the wall, which is what we're all called to do. We're all, we're all given a specific area that we're supposed to be ministering in and we're supposed to be taking care of in. But they weren't standing alone. They were standing together. And even spread apart. You, you know, you can still be unified without being in the same physical location. And these believers here in Nehemiah, the, as they were building, they had security in knowing that when I need help, I don't have to just get a hold of Nehemiah. I don't have to just have my leader right there beside me. I can blow, have my trumpeter blow this horn and I'm going to be rallied around. I'm not going to have to fight this battle alone. So a watchman uh, in that sense was just there in the lowest part of the wall, the most vulnerable part. A lot of times or during this season of our church, you may find yourself in that lowest part, the part where people are looking to attack. Are you willing? Are you willing and and ready to stand up and say, "Hey, I'm here. We're not letting Satan attack in this area." Ezekiel twenty two thirty. I ever since I've heard it, I've said it's. I consider it the saddest verse in the Bible. It says, "I I looked among them for someone who would stand in the gap." And I found no one. Well, there may be areas, like I said, during this season of our church where Satan would attack, where uh, there may be people outside of the church. There may be people inside the church that would attack it in a negative way. 
And if there's no one that's willing, or if you're not continually alert, if we're overlooking those things, then the walls can crumble. But if we're willing as watchmen, watchmen in the faith, to step up and say, nope, I'm in this area. I've got this covered. And I'm going to bring my brother and my sister along with me. And we're going to stand in the gap together. And we're going to stand and we're scanning and we're looking and we're saying, nope, God's work's still going to be done. Um, 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be serious. Be alert. Your adversary the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Again, without alertness, we're, we're very, very susceptible to God or to Satan just coming in and devouring us, devouring our church members. Are we willing to step up together? Are we willing to say, God, I, I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to stop bending the ear of God until God responds. And again, that's, that's not God putting us off just for the sake of putting us off. Sometimes God says, oh, man, I love, I love hearing your voice. I love the fact that you are so intent and talk to me. It's been a while. So I, I'm just going to hold off answering because I, I just love the fact that you're coming to me. And what if God's afraid that once His blessing comes, once the new pastor comes, or once you get a little bit comfortable, what if he's afraid that as a watchman you start to take a break and you rest and you go to sleep? I, I know, um, I, you know, sometimes when Ayla says, Dad, 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 you know, every night I'm, I'm the last one Sarah leaves. I'm the one that last one to leave her room. And a lot of times I'll walk out of her room and I'll either stand in the little hallway right beside her room because I know it's fixing me. Daddy, will you come here? <sighs> yes, Ayla. What do you need? And she may tell me, oh, me and Kennedy were playing and... and uh, I said this to Kennedy and it wasn't nice. Or Kennedy said this to me and it wasn't nice. And it, but it's always something. And some nights I, I've been at a ball game, I've had something else going on. I was, hey, well, I just want to sit on the couch. But guess what? Every night I go back into a room. And every night, even though I may be tired, I'm just thankful that my baby's still calling out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I have been allowed to be her watchman, to look over her. And you know, you know, we have our duties as watchmen. We, we are called to stay alert. We're called to stand together. Sometimes, like I said, the, the towers would be out in the fields and they would be overlooking the crops. Sometimes the towers were attached to the city walls. Sometimes the walls were broken down. 
And each one of those, there's a watchman in it. Um, some of you, some, you know, this morning as I was praying, I, I was praying that some people here weren't watchmen. And by that I mean people who have never really put, them, put themselves in a position to be called upon by God to stand in that gap because they don't have a relationship with God. And as I was thinking about um, watchmen and what is a watchman, what are watchmen's duties, I was drawn to um, the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, the watchman, the watchman in cities was one of the most important duties because they could see who was coming, who wasn't coming. Uh, but also, on the story of the prodigal son, the watchman was the father. And God the Father, uh, He stands, and He's standing on his, on his balcony, and He's looking out, and He's looking for those who are hurt, who are trying to come back. He's looking for those who are lost. He's looking for those watchmen who are kind of failing, not because of lack of trying, but maybe just because they're tired. A watchman had to keep, you know, the, the most important watch a lot of time was at nighttime. When things are the darkest, it's easy to get tired. And God the Father says, you know, I see you. I see you way far off, and I'm here. And if you know the story of the prodigal son, it says while the son was still far off, the father spotted him. Now, we're called to be watchmen, but God, it's, it's not a duty that God just says, hey, good luck. He himself is an active watchman. God has called us to be a city on a hill. A, a watchtower is the thing that someone from the farthest distance, they would see a watchtower. They would see it standing up. And God says, hey, you're, you're the city on the hill. But guess what? I'm the one that provides the light. And so, uh, this morning, I want to finish... Um, with 1 Corinthians 6.13. Just, uh, 1 Corinthians 6.13. says, Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man. Be strong. And before any women get bothered by that, I think we all understand that God's saying, Hey, just be someone who is firm in the faith. The, the faith that Jesus Christ has gone to the cross for us. The faith that God has put you in a position to be a watchman, but He's with you in that post. The last part of that, be strong. A lot of times, I say, God, 
you know, I, I'm weak. A song, Oceans, there, there's a lot, um, you know, where when I'm walking on the water and my feet may fail and we get the picture of Peter. And he takes his eyes off God, but he says, you know, that song says, hey, you know, I'm going to reach back out for you. I'm going to keep my eyes above the waves. Be alert. Be a watchman. Be somebody who is looking out for dangers. Somebody who is looking to stand alongside other people who are doing the work. Be someone who's going to walk amongst other believers. Say, how, how can I help? I'm a watchman. I notice that you're struggling here. And then again, if, if you're not in, maybe you just need a watchman. Maybe you need to be seen by God. But you feel like you've never had that or you've wandered away and you're just trying to make your way back. There's a watchman that says, hey, I, I'm here. And, and also, hopefully, um, again, as we're fixing a vote, you'll be in continual prayer for those that get nominated into the position of our search committee who will kind of be the front-line watchman seeking out our, our next pastor. So, as Brett, Daniel, whoever's coming, uh, I just want to ask that uh, as we go into this time of invitation and a lot of this has been a jumbled mess, a lot like life, but I hope that uh, you've heard God's word more than you've heard anything I've said. You see God urging you to be alert. See God urging you to stay active, that you have a role. And as we're going to get into the song, just uh, be in prayer. The altar's open. If there's anything you would like for me to pray with you about, uh, but I pray that you will spend this time, pray for yourself. Say, God, during this time, where do you want me? I want to have my eyes open. I want to be alert. And if you need to know the ultimate watchman, uh, we're up here for that as well.